my name is Julie Turney, and this is the HR Sound Off Podcast Show, the show created for HR and business professionals to discuss pertinent topics and trends as it relates to our professions. We're going to have amazing conversations with HR professionals from all over the world, get to learn their origin stories. How did they get into this profession? What do they love about being here? And how they want to set the record straight on that one misconception that really drives them crazy about our profession. Are you ready? I'm ready. Then let's sound off everyone and welcome to today's edition of the HR Sound Off podcast show. My name is Julie Turney and I am your host. I hope that wherever you are in the world listening to this episode today that you're having a great day. Remember that the HR Sound Off podcast show is created by an HR professional for HR professionals magnifying HR voices. We love to magnify HR voices and today is no exception. It's been a minute since I've spoken to this young lady and I'm really excited to share her HR journey with you. Alyssa Smith, how are you doing? I'm doing well, Julie. Excited to be on the podcast with you today and have a HR heart to heart session. I am looking forward to it as well. So let's start off by telling our audience a little bit about who you are and how you got into HR. What are you doing today? Absolutely. So my journey to human resources probably starts with being in the States. I'm a first-generation American. Both my parents are immigrants from the lovely Trinidad and Tobago. So I identify as a Trinidadian and I'm excited um, to pursue human resources and why it was so in my face is because mm-hmm. we do a lot with a little all the time. Yes. That is yep. how we are trained. <laughs> that is how we grew up in our culture. And mm-hmm. so when I was in college, I became a resident assistant. And so I served helping freshmen adjust to college life. Mm. And that was as a counselor. That was as um, reprimanding for breaking the rules. It was when it was time to support them when they're emotional. It was all the things. And finishing college, I said, well, I have all these great skills as a resident assistant. I love supporting people. Mm -hmm. How could I keep doing this post-college? And that is how I discovered human resources. And at the time, most professionals fell into HR. So yeah. I was seeking and trying to find who could I hear from that did this before me so I could mm-hmm. carve my own path, follow my own journey. And so many people said, well, I never chose this. Mm-hmm. It just chose me. And yeah. so my intentionality was unique. Yeah. It was different in the industry at that time. And I'm so mm-hmm. happy that now we've, we've shifted that mindset in many, many ways. Um, but that landed me my first HR job as an intern. So mm-hmm. I did three nonprofit internships and okay. every single one of them, Julie, built on the talent acquisition process and how you interact with humans and just mm-hmm. setting them up for success. And from there, I was sold and I've been in it ever since. Awesome. And what is your current role? So my current role is I am the chief human of my own small business and it is called Cure Human. And I have my first, I have two clients right now. My first client is a nonprofit that supports health equity. Mm-hmm. And my second client is a coaching client that is currently a veteran and transitioning. So those have been my clients so far. That's awesome. Congratulations to you. Thank you. So you shared a lot in your 
in your HR story and how you got into HR. And, and you're so right, because many times when I interview my guests and I ask to tell the HR story, how they got here, a lot of them will always say, well, I fell into HR. And there are one or two in between who are very intentional about the space and wanting to be in HR from the time that they were in school. But that's very rare. And so um, I'm glad to have you join those ranks and share your journey in, in that way. And I love how you talked about your being first generation Trinidadian. And in the Caribbean, you are so right. We are taught, you know, to do a lot with a little or next to nothing. Uh, tell me a little bit about your your heritage and what that means to you in terms of who you are as a human being and also as a professional. Yeah, so both my parents are of Indian descent. So our ancestors were, were from the continent of India mm -hmm. and of course came over with indentured servitude to Trinidad and the island. And you know, our island, like most Caribbean islands, is an influx of all cultures. Yes. And it's a beautiful assemblance. Mm -hmm. And how that translates to me today in my work and how I show up is really that, it's a popular term coming out of the pandemic, but that resilience, yeah. that no matter what's going on around you in the circumstances, you make it work. Yeah. And that is the example my parents set for me. It's something that I bring to the HR space, which you need. You need that mm -hmm. resilience because otherwise yes. corporate and the world would chew you up and spit you, you up. Spit you <laughs> yes, I agree. I agree. So I would definitely say that that, that is part of, of the being in the core. I'd also say it's so funny that you ask about my heritage because aside from identifying as Trinidadian, I've never been to India. And right. so my, my senior year, I was offered the opportunity to do a service outreach project in mm -hmm. Calcutta. And that sparked a whole journey for me personally and professionally. Mm -hmm. It made me challenge my identity, um, how I show up. And it was beautiful to reconnect with pieces of my culture that had mm -hmm. that origination. Mm -hmm. But more importantly, seeing the disparity in Calcutta. Mm -hmm. And the layeredness and their lack of resources. When I came yeah. back to the States, that was the impetus for human resources and mm -hmm. people's potential and the talent. And if only they had access to blah, 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 yeah. they'd be able to achieve and be successful. And mm -hmm. for me, being here in the States, so many of my opportunities were because I was classified as an underserved. Mm. Right, as a first generation or mm -hmm. your, your first time doing this, there are scholarships for you. We want more representation here. And every time my family has always said, we didn't come for this to this country for you to settle, basically, right? right? Do not mm -hmm. settle, never settle. Right. And that has also served me very well in the HR space because it doesn't matter the title. It doesn't matter the job duties, Julie. It's about... Yeah showing up as your best self and doing your best work. And mm -hmm. to me, that is at the core of why I created Cure Human. Yeah. It stands for caring for the whole person. Mm -hmm. It's Latin for Cure Personalis, which is what came from that project outreach I did in Calcutta. Yeah, And it's at the core of if I care for myself and I'm the best version of myself, I encourage mm -hmm. others to do the same. Yeah. 
and we never forget that that potential exists in every single one of us. So it has come full circle and it's so core to the passion that I bring to the HR space. Wow. That's so beautiful. I just actually want to just sit in this moment to, you know, think about all the things that you said, because it really shows and and expresses the importance of understanding who we are at our core so that we can give our best selves first and foremost to ourselves, and then to the people that we are going out and holding space for and serving every day. And I really love that you took that time to really get to know yourself and understand your purpose because we all have a purpose and we all have a gift that we have to give to the world. And it looks and sounds that you really took the time to figure out what that was so that you could come back full circle and and be who you are in the moment that you're in right now, in the season that you're in right now. Is that right? Well, Julie, I can tell you that when we first spoke together in 2019, Mm -hmm. in the midst of that pandemic, when we met, I was not at this point. I had some hesitations, some reservations, even when we spoke about what does the function stand for and what are the values that we're bringing to that space. I've always been an individual that can establish trust pretty well, pretty easily. And that Mm -hmm. has been one of my gifts. And at the same time, I've recognized that for some, that can be perceived as threatening. It can be perceived as, you know, uncomfortable for some Mm -hmm. people. And so to take that trust and use it to build innovation and creativity, that part of it is a bit new to me. I've been doing it in HR in a a Mm -hmm. task way. But to your point, to be more holistic about it is something that I'm trying to embrace every day now. Yeah. Uh, but most recently I was in an organization where, you know, human resources was new. They're growing. They don't really know what that function looks like. And mm-hmm. the doubt that they had about the function fed into how I perceived myself and my own performance. And so that really threw me for a loop on that one. When you identify you know your core values, but at what point are you compromising the values, even for the function in the industry, based on what others think HR should be, should look like? Yeah. Uh, so I'm happy that I, I made it through that transition, but it was a rough one, Julie. And I think many HR professionals, at one point or another, we face that mm-hmm. it's a wall. Yeah. You can either hit it and just crash or you can use it as a way to build and move forward. Yeah. It's funny that you said that because so many of us are struggling right now. And I meet HR professionals every single day who are feeling so under under supported, who are feeling like they don't know who they are. They're feeling like they have lost their sense of identity. And I know that I've been there at some point in time. You've been there as well. And as we focus on this episode on, you know, being our true selves, being holistic in our HR practices and understanding who we are, what advice would you give to having gone through what you've gone through, HR professionals who are in that situation right now? 
knowing what you know now, what advice would you give to any HR professional that is listening to this episode today, Alyssa, and they need to hear your voice and they want to hear what can I do to get myself out of this rut? I mean, immediately I could think of, as you said, you're either going to hit that wall and stay down, or you could be like the flash and phase through the wall. The choice is yours, but how are you going to do it? What do you have to tell the people? Julie, I love, I love the flash. So that one definitely, definitely <laughs> resonates. Mm-hmm. I wish we had that capability to do 10,000 things at once, right? In half the time. You know? But um, really, both options and that duality of this either or is something that shows up a lot in HR, especially mm-hmm. when we're making decisions. Almost nine times out of 10, there's a third option or a third way to look at it, another point of view. So for those who hit the wall and rest, resting is okay. Yep. Resting means that it's time to regroup, reassess, Mm -hmm. be patient with yourself, sit in the moment. And then when you're ready, you're going to make that transition at your own time, not anybody else's. Mm -hmm. So that's one side of it. And then there's the other side of it of you get that resilience like we talked about earlier, Julie, and you're Mm -hmm. I don't want to sit with this any longer. I'm ready to take it forward and move it forward and be intentional mm-hmm. about that. Mm-hmm. So if I had to put it in one word, it would be giving grace. I've done that a lot with other leaders, with our mm-hmm. staff, with other HR professionals. We're quick to say, don't be so hard on yourself. You know, Give yourself grace, grace. when it comes mm-hmm. to applying it for ourselves, our very it's 10 times harder to do. Yes, it is. It is. So I would definitely, definitely is. Definitely. I would say practice what you preach or change your speech, right? Yes. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> because your body so hard. feels out of alignment. Like yes. When, when you verbalize it and you say it, but you don't do it, mm-hmm. you go off. And when yep. you're doing something and it's not in alignment with what you said, you're like, wait, why am I doing this? And so to mm-hmm. your point earlier, I would also say you're reacting this way because there's some kind of boundary. There's some kind of misalignment. And if yes. you're paying attention to that, you're going to decide in that moment, is this still serving me the best that it can or, or the way that I want it to? Right. And if not, what does Do something different? What does that different look like? Exactly, Julie. And I wish I had been more um, open to that. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we get very comfortable. We do. And we're saying, well, this is what it can be, or this is what I'm used to as an HR professional. And so when that opportunity comes, we're not as mm-hmm. confident as maybe we should be about it. We're yeah. going to adjust and adapt very quickly. Oh, yeah. I find that sometimes we're so used to being browbeated that becomes our new normal even though it's not normal and it's not acceptable but it's all we know and the shift only happens when we recognize for ourselves what we deserve what we deserve and also what our values are and what we're not going to compromise on where our values are concerned There are so many gray areas in HR um, and it can get very easy for you to lose yourself and lose perspective 
of your values or lose sight of what your values are for a brief moment. Um, and then you'll catch yourself again and you'll be like, okay, no, this is what I want. This is what I deserve. These are my boundaries. These are my non-negotiables. Yes. Until you do that for yourself, then it's going to be an uphill battle for a while. But I, as you I, said, give yourself grace. And I have to tell you, Julie, as well, that HR professionals are usually the ones that are willing to do the inner work. Mm-hmm. And that's the differentiator for us. Yeah. Every staff member, every leader is not as willing to confront themselves, this version of myself, these mm-hmm. thoughts that I have, these patterns, and that willingness to change. So when we set the example in the workplace, exactly. it becomes or can be a burden sometimes because mm-hmm. when you are that far elevated as a human to to be that in the space mm-hmm. to set that culture and engagement and that tone others may not be able to rise to that level as quickly and so oftentimes we use the phrase like meet meet them where they're at right yeah. wherever they yeah. are in their journey and we're very mm-hmm. flexible for that but i just want to commend because this is for hr for hr yes we are a tier above that is the reality of it and it It is is. why we struggle so much because we have to put ourselves back of when i used to be in that zone when i used to feel that way when i used Mm -hmm. to be confrontational because we've already had that experience learned from that experience and grew to this next level in our leadership and Mm -hmm. when you talk about like what's next for the industry so much of it is excitement because these are the leaders, HR professionals are the leaders that are going to be the next CEOs, yes. the next, you know, because they understand people. And at mm-hmm. the end of the day, every decision is a people decision. I don't care what anybody says. That's right. I agree with you. Every decision is a people decision, even if it's, even if you think as a business decision, right? Businesses only exist because there are people in it to move it forward, exactly. which means any business decision is a people decision. Mm-hmm. I agree. I absolutely agree. No truer words have been said. I want to ask you, Alyssa, what has you excited about being in HR right now? As you said, I think we have a lot to look forward to. Um, and this is a really exciting time for us in the HR space. What has you particularly excited about being here right now? Yeah, it's a great, great question, Julie. So in undergrad, I did heart science. And the scientific method is like kind of what we use. You have a hypothesis, test it out, yep. change it. And that's the method I would use in my HR space because mm-hmm it seems like it could be a good tool to use. And I had some success with it. And then I went back into graduate school for HR because I didn't feel like I had the theoretical knowledge backing the experience that I had. I wanted that full, that whole view, so to speak, right? Right. Went back Mm -hmm. to school for that. And in that space, they were very intentional about experiential learning, right? This is the scene. How are you going to approach it? What would you adjust? And that was extremely helpful. And as we step in as thought leaders Mm -hmm. in the space, we end up being experts on anything and everything under the sun. 
We are the only industry that they could come and throw anything they want at us. And we're expected to know. You need to know about wellness. You need to know about the pandemic and how to put people in remote environments. You need Mm -hmm. to know about, and it goes on and on and on. Mm -hmm. Every time there's a shift in the workforce, we are being looked to, to guide through that process. And to your point, I think you said it earlier, you don't necessarily have to have the answers. We're just holding the space yes. for these leaders for the conversations to happen and guide mm-hmm. that process. Correct. And I think we'll be able to do more of that in the future, Julie. And what excites me is that we're finally going to get away from some of this stuff because of automation that really yes. just did not need to sit with us to begin with. You know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. refinement and onboarding, their benefits questions, like those are things that would suck the time away that we could be strategic and be involved and be at that seat at that table and occupying that space, being innovative and creative from a people standpoint, because we were handling these operational tasks. So I'm really excited because when we talked about that elevation of the industry and the function, it's happening and that shift is happening for every HR professional. And like most industries, you're either going to choose to adjust and adapt and grow the skill set, or you're going to get left behind in the industry and where we're going. Mm-hmm. And one of the most beautiful things when I did my dissertation in school, it was about soft skills. And now everybody says you can't use the word soft skills, but I'm going to use it because it's a couple years old, right, Julie? Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. The things that you claim you can't measure, things like trust, teamwork, collaboration, integrity, transparency, transparency, psychological safety, all my favorite words. (laughs) Those are all the skill sets that are in demand right now. And that's why I said before that HR professionals are in the best position to lead. We've been empathetic forever. We've been kind forever. We've been balanced forever. Like Mm -hmm. that has just been a core identity and how we got our work done. And it's Mm -hmm. finally at a space where the HR leader can rise in a way that they can be confident. They can be innovative and they have the greatest impact on the business in a way that has not been seen to date in the industry. So it's a great time to be in HR. Oh, yes. You know, there's a Christmas song that talks about it's the most wonderful time of the year. Mm. And I always use it to say, like, this is the most wonderful time to be in HR. And what you just said is exactly so many of the reasons why I believe that this is a really wonderful time to be in HR. I also think that um, this is the season of really understanding who we are and representing ourselves as we are. So when I say that, I mean, I really feel that the age of HR is dead and we are more in the era of people experience. Mm -hmm. I believe that we are people experience architects. We architect experiences or we're people experience scientists Mm -hmm. because we get to test, you know, experiences and see how people think and feel about them and we can change them and adjust them to suit. I feel like this is the era of just great things in our space as we become the best people operators that we could possibly be. And you've given all the reasons why I would say this is that time. This is that time. 
And Julie, to your point, I mean, we connected virtually in 2019 in the pandemic and an HR voice used to be one person, yeah. one email, you know, one small comment at a meeting. And because of being global and the technology that we have, mm-hmm. we're able to optimize rooms and communities like I've never seen. If I have an HR problem and I've been in this new industry, I don't know anything about finances, I can find five or six HR professionals who've been in that space and tap into that knowledge. And it's one of the few industries, I'm not going to go into the pay because I think we're extremely underpaid in that sense, right? We (laughs) are very underpaid. (laughs) That's another topic. But I Mm -hmm. would definitely say that our positioning has given us this global mindset that we bring. And then to your point, you vocalize it and customize it. Yes. And that skill to go broad and make it local and make it one-on-one and make it customized, that employee engagement piece. Now when I speak to other organizations or potential clients, I'm like, I'm unique as a human, as an individual. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. what I offer is that unique application for your space. How do you want to customize it? We We are working together to make and create whatever this is together. But by no means do I want to come across as I'm the expert and I'm going to tell you what to do because I know know better than you do. That doesn't get us anywhere collectively, Julie. It it really doesn't. And so that would be be one of the big takeaways that I feel like I have support to have made the changes I've made in the last two or three years, like being Mm -hmm. a small business owner. My parents still can't, they can't empathize with that. How does that work? How could you just do your own business? We don't understand, right? Because yeah. that wasn't accessible. And so our HR community is so accessible now. Yeah. But we're not going to tolerate you being underpaid. I'm going to tell you what you're worth as an HR professional. We're not going to tolerate, oh, your leader is giving you pushback disrespectfully. Mm-hmm. We're not going to tolerate that because we're giving no. a shared experience and there's finally a shared vision of what HR should look like. And we're all on board with it. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yes. For those of us, we're either going to get on board or we're going to get off. That's right. (laughs) Because this, this is going, this ship is going one direction only, and it's not reversing for anyone that's in the back, that's not interested in moving forward. So tell us, what are you reading, watching, listening to right now, Alyssa, that you think that our audience would appreciate? Yeah, so this one was a hard one because I feel like we're always trying to keep up with what's happening in the space. Uh, For us in the States, for example, we just got a new I-9 employment form, so we're talking about that, right? So you try to keep up with these trends, but At the same time, going back to what we talked about earlier, knowing that the industry is shifting, it's going to take different tools and different resources. So one that I'm super excited about um, with my business as well is leadership coaching. So Mm -hmm. you and I had talked about that briefly as well, that there is a huge gap in our mid-level professionals and managers that they don't have the training or the support and the confidence to make the decisions that they're being entrusted to make. Mm -hmm. And so 
That led me to pursue a coaching certification through ICF. Mm-hmm. And that's International Coaching Federation, for those who might not be as familiar, yeah. it sets a, a universal standard for what coaching looks like. Yeah. And that piqued my curiosity so much, Julie. I was like, ooh, because people use that word, they confuse it with performance and they confuse it with therapy and they, they misnomer Correct. it all the time. So Correct. in going through that training, I've had, there's some assigned readings, there's coaching practice sessions. Mm-hmm. To, the beginning of our discussion is about the inner work. Yes. You cannot coach others unless you are leading from a place of confidence and balance and heart. Yes. And that wholeheartedness um, came up for me in the recent book. It's called The 15 Commitments of Conscious Leadership. Mm. And it's just the topic is pretty much, are you acting above the line or below the line at any given time? And it's such a simple illustration because in this moment I could say, well, I'm acting below the line because I'm being selfish or I think Julie's all about this or she's all about that, right? Above the line is we're all in this together. There's unity. Things are meant to be the way that they're going to be. What is this environment? expecting me to show up as how how can I contribute in a positive way so it puts it back on us to say be conscious of how you're showing up how you're moving people how you're motivating each other to succeed and I love that because we have Mm -hmm. a trend of unconscious leaders for whatever reason they've gotten promoted or they had qualities that served them really well in industries prior right or generations prior and now they're Mm -hmm. in this space but that conscious leadership is what's going to tap into that to every one of us in our potential and talent. So I really love mm-hmm. that one. I just nice. finished it earlier this week. Okay. And then I, I'm not usually a podcast person, but okay. I wanted to, what we talked about earlier is like stay local. And I've been in, mm-hmm. I'm originally from New York City, but I've been in North Carolina since 2018. And with okay. the pandemic, I haven't had a chance to like get to know this community. Mm-hmm. And so there's a podcast called The Bro Code, and they're very volunteer oriented, and mm-hmm. it just bring really awesome guests, kind of like your podcast here. You have a heart to heart conversation. You talk about things that bind you, bond you, grow you, mm-hmm. and, and you take that energy with you and you carry it into the world. So I really enjoyed listening to that. And mm-hmm. then, um, you know, between those three, what's really great to me is that they're feeding off of each other. Yeah. You know, it's not just the one thing. So I would just encourage us that it doesn't have to be a SHRM, you know, or a hacking HR community session. And I think that's how we originally got connected. In that space, Mm -hmm. there are these other opportunities to grow personally and professionally. And Mm -hmm. you know what you're attuned to Mm -hmm. and, to the point earlier, it might feel uncomfortable trying something different or new, but that might be the spark that you need to get yeah. to that next level. Oh, I love it. Thank you so much for sharing those resources. And to your point, you know, of being in these different spaces um, and growing your community constantly, I'm really glad that you're sharing other spaces um, for our audience to, to learn and grow. And I will say, going back to, because now we're both um, small business owners, 
And I will say small business owners because and people get mad at me when I say that. You're a small business owner. What don't you think of your business growing? I'm like, absolutely. But there's a difference between a small business owner and an entrepreneur, right? A small business owner is still in the grassroots of the business, which is what I am very much still in the grassroots of it. You're only an entrepreneur when your business can continue without you. Mm -hmm. I'm not an entrepreneur yet, but I'm a small business owner. And you have um, entrepreneurial spirit. Exactly. I have the entrepreneurial spirit and the vision and the plan to move it forward. And that's what makes sets the difference right i'm not staying small business minded right which is what a lot of us do but um i said all of that to say one of the podcasts that i recently tapped into that i've really enjoyed is called the minimalist podcast and it is so refreshing because it talks about obviously practical ways for you to live your life in a more meaningful way without thinking about possessions, right? You know, when you understand why you got into being a small business owner and you think about, was it for the money or was it for a purpose? And if it's for a particular purpose and it's not about the money, then you're going to have more likelihood of succeeding. And the Minimalist podcast talks about how do you set your mindset for when you're when as you're growing and your income is growing to not need to have to get all of these things um because you didn't have them when you were growing up or whatever what do they really mean right um but it really has shifted my perspective on a lot of things and um i'm really glad to have tapped into that so that's my share of what i'm listening to that's what i'm listening to right now i'm not reading anything right now i've taken a break from words my mind needed a break from words so i'm just listening to stuff right now um but the minimalist podcast is my one of my new favorite podcasts and i'm absolutely in love with the mal robbins podcast i think i've shared it before but i'm sharing it again if you're not tapped in to mal robbins podcast you need to be there she's fantastic so last one last big question what is the biggest misconception about HR that really bothers you that you want to set the record straight on right here, right now? Yeah, that one was a hard one. And the, the gut response in me was that we're either for the business or for the people. Yep. That one grinds me so much mm-hmm. because it, it's, it goes back to that duality we were talking about, that it's, a, yep. it's either or. Mm-hmm. Most times it's a yes and. Yes, we're for the business and for the people. Mm-hmm. So that would be my biggest one for sure, especially because it's not something HR professionals ascribe to. It's right. something that's imposed on the industry. Correct. Correct. It's people's perspective. And while I say your perception, your reality, and it makes me wonder what kind of HR people are those people being exposed to? Mm-hmm. Um, it's still a perception nonetheless, right? Um, and I learned this many years ago from another one of my guests, Liz Kislik, who talked about, you know, people's lived experiences. They're, that's their reality. And therefore, there is some measure of truth to the misconception mm-hmm. um, because it's 
based on some people's lived experiences. However, it doesn't make it actual and factual across the HR profession, um, which is why I always say, like, don't paint us all with the same brush. If you've come across an HR professional who is strictly for the business and very policy driven, clearly that person still has a lot of work to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're not all like that. And you can only hope that either that person will develop and grow enough to become the people-centric professional that they need to become or that they will leave the industry so that you know someone else can take over that role who really is purposeful and heart-centric as a people experience professional um but that's yeah that's a hard one that definitely grinds my gears when i hear you know we're either we're for the company we're not for the employees yeah i don't like that And I think one of the reasons why that it's so challenging is because when we enter a room or we're speaking with that HR voice, if you place us in either one of those buckets and only one of those buckets, then you've Mm -hmm. limited the potential value of having human resources in the room. Yeah, absolutely. And that limiting belief will just, it holds us back as the contributor, yeah. the individual contributor, but more importantly, mm-hmm. it holds the organization back. Yes. Yeah. Definitely. So it's, it's a costly one. Yes, it definitely is. This has been such a great conversation. And thank you so much that you took the time to hold space with me today and to share your story and your experiences with our, with our audience today, Alyssa. Thank you. You have survived your time. Most welcome, Julie, and the pleasure was all mine. This is my first podcast, and I could not think of sharing that space with anyone else but an agent professional doing the best she can and spreading, you know, that collective energy and support. Thank you. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. It is an absolute pleasure to have you here. So tell our beautiful audience, where can they find you on social media if they want to connect with you and learn more about you? Yes, absolutely. I am on LinkedIn, so you can search my name and then you'll find out I've got Maverick and I call myself a celeb. So I am a curator engagement light keeper for exquisite beings. And that's the approach that I take. And Mm -hmm. then via email is curahuman at gmail.com for anybody that may benefit from leadership coaching or to your point, just wants to have a productive conversation. Yeah, I love it. Thank you so much for sharing that. And with that being said, this is the end of today's episode of the HR Sound Off Podcast Show. I am your host, Julie Turney, and joining me today was Alyssa Smith. I hope that you enjoyed this episode, and we will see you again on the next episode when we sound off with another HR professional. Thank you for joining me for this episode of HR Sound Off. I hope that you found it useful. You can find this and all of the episodes of HR Sound Off on all major podcast platforms. Spotify, Apple, Amazon, you name it, we're there. Remember, HR Sound Off is created by HR professionals for HR professionals. If you would like to share your story, then reach out to us and let us know. Make sure to hit the notification bell and subscribe to HR Sound Off on YouTube as well as Podbean. And we'll see you again when we next sound off.